Don't you just love the open to Better Call Saul? Yeah, I do. I really, I just think it's, uh, there's something so awesome about how the mind of Vince Gilligan works and Peter Gould work. They're just like, they're not trying to keep up with anybody. They're just making their own show, making their own rules. And having the balls to come up after um, Breaking Bad, which but they also were out there doing that. Nobody was doing that show. To come back with, hey, you know, let's do a show about the lawyer, you know. So I, I'm loving season uh, season three. It's, and it's, it's amazing that we've already gone through three seasons yeah. already. And they, it just keeps getting better to me. Yeah. It just keeps getting better. I, I don't think it's getting weak. I don't think they're spreading themselves too thin. They know how to tell story after story. I don't like, I'm invested in everyone. You know how like sometimes you'll watch a show and the lead character, you're like, eh. You know, like we were talking about Orange is the New Black. You know, you don't really care about Piper so much. I don't. I'm sure people do. But I just, I'm more about Tasty and about Black Cindy and all the other characters on the show. Uh, Hel Maritza and and her buddy, and then this show I care about everyone equally. But the surprise of the series is, you know, I'm caring even more about Kim. I'm we're worried about Kim. She's hit her wall, literally, and I'm really feeling me some Nacho. I mean, let's talk about Michael Mando as Nacho, just uh, a character we saw in Breaking Bad, and now we we are starting to figure out how. Um, what's his name? Who's the character ends up in the chair? Who rings the bell? Salamanca. Now we, we get a very good idea of how he ended up in the chair because Nacho replaces out his medicine, his heart medication, with what, like nothing, like yeah, it was sugar like pills a or whatever. Or something. Well, so we're seeing this and how uh, he's Nacho has to defend his family. He's uh, Salamanca forces him to use his family's business as a front, and his father is just you know beside himself over this. And Nacho knows that he can't say no or he'll kill not only his dad and probably him, everyone in their family back, some, back in Mexico. So, you know, the, everybody's fucked in this situation. And so Nacho is trying to do like what he did with his um, partner, with Tuco. He's trying to he's trying to pull a back door kind of thing. Yeah. So and then, I mean, you know, since we're just jumping all the way to there, it gets squashed anyway because the cartel says – all all drugs have to go through through the um right through Gu- Gus's transportation method right so. so i mean but but what what happens is it puts salamaca you know potentially we don't know for sure if he's going to end up in a, a wheelchair but what we what we noticed about that scene is that Gus picks up on Nacho pulling some shit yeah like picking up the two pills off the ground yeah well, let's go back for a second because we can go back to the very beginning. Well, I'm, no, just like, just, I'm just talking about standouts for me. Yeah, but I mean, I what are some scenes in Breaking Bad? Well, because this is the thing that is makes this show so enjoyable is that because we're watching a prequel. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at all the characters and I'm trying to see how they play out or they don't play out. In Breaking Bad, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know what happens to Nacho in Breaking Bad. I don't just remember off the top of my Nacho. Head. Off the top of I my know, head, I, don't I remember, remember him. Like remember him, uh, you know. Obviously, Tuco stands out more to me. Tuco, Crazy Eight, they stand out. Yeah, and um, 
we see him as a henchman, obviously. And there's Victor and guys like that, you know, who don't meet good ends. Because Victor, who's rolling with Salamanca's crew right now, um, he gets meshed into the uh, the Gus's world, I guess. Those guys are sent to be his henchmen or whatever. And remember in when he has... Um, Jesse and Walt held hostage. Gus does, you know, forcing them to do meth. Down in, the, in gave, that high-tech basement. Yeah, and you yeah. think he's going to kill one of them, and he cuts Victor's throat. So for all of Victor's, you know, loyalty, he gets his throat cut. But now it makes sense. Oh, he's hated right. Victor from the way back because Victor is one of Salamanca's dudes, right? Or is he one of his own dudes? I don't know. But like, it's like you you almost have to go back and watch Breaking Bad when you're through with the show to go, yeah. oh, but like I don't remember Nacho from Breaking Bad no. this vividly. Obviously, he wasn't given this kind of screen time. Well, I mean, but that, now, but they're yeah. yeah, they're using him to put Salamanca in that compromised state. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, because that, that that we were we were we we were wondering how he got there. I mean, throughout the season, you thought, okay, is it going to be Mike who 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 shoots him, yeah. or you know, like tries to assassinate him? Or what happens? And then we get the we get that whole story about him, you know, stroking out. And then he has that scene where he's he's hatching the plan to drop the the pills into the oh, that was great into the uh, the coat pocket. The actor even talked about you know practicing that and how tough that is. And the only thing here is if you miss, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who would have thought? I'm just saying, like the standouts. Who would have thought that? The minor characters are given such great weight on the show. Like, um, you know, Francesca, I didn't even realize until it didn't even register with me that the fresh out of the DMV, you know, who had been at the DMV for like, what, 10 years, Francesca's looking for a job. She's looking for a change. Jimmy barely interviews her. Kim is going to look at other people, but just in the first five minutes, he's like, no, she's great. She's yeah. fine. He likes her. And, um, Francesca ends up being very resourceful and being there through like Kim has this accident and and she's just this perky, sweet woman. And then if you cut to her in Breaking Bad, she's like this dead eyed, cold, seen it all. I mean, you think the DMV would do that to you. But, you know, here she is. And she's like, just, well, she and did, she's, and she's she did go back to the DMV. Maybe she did. Maybe, because, maybe the DMV and, uh, you know, because they they closed down their shop. Remember they closed the shop and yeah. she's like Oh they the you know the DMV is is um They'll take me they'll back They'll take me back and then uh and then uh what's his name? Um Odenkirk's character. <laughs> you mean Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Slipping Jimmy. Because I mean it's like Jimmy and then Saul, because I'm right. getting those two mixed up. Well she is you know, she starts with Jimmy, she ends up with Saul. And yeah. That's who she ends up with, you know, and she ends up taking money and um, there's the guard that the, the bodyguard that he's, you know, on the show, we see where he comes from. So you kind of see these minor characters like, Oh, and they're having such a good time with pulling characters from the main show and just giving them this whole new stage. And I'm really loving that. Right. I, I just, I, I'm sure shows have done this before, but I, this show is doing it really, really well. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're, they're creating a really interesting backstory. Yeah. Because, the first time we saw all these characters, we were highly intrigued 
you know, we were invested in them in Breaking Bad and to find, you know, where they came from and, and their journey is just even more satisfying. But I'll be honest, I don't think I watched Breaking Bad going, oh, my God, I wonder where Tuco's from or what he's about. I'm like, Tuco's a bad guy and he's a mad dog in the street. And but then, but they gave the, if, if someone said to you, OK, because you saw Breaking Bad, I said, OK, I'm going to tell you where Tuco comes from. You'll be like. Yeah, I probably would have, but I didn't. I didn't realize I would be this fascinated by it. And I don't know that we have Tuco's origin story. We just know that um, he's been loco for a long time and kind of a problem. He's been problematic. Um, and then you know you get to see Crazy Eight. They take that little story in the basement where you know before Walt's gonna have to kill him, and he's my parents own a baby furniture store, and you probably shopped in there. And he's trying to be human, and and he's just out slanging. Yeah, you know, and, but we also see mm-hmm. now the relationship with Salamanca and how he treats his henchmen and how he's very uh, hard on his guys. Uh, and he's just a brutal ruler. And then we get to see the other cartel guy back in Mexico who's like pitting these guys against each other, you know, patting Fring on the back going, this guy's great. Where's your, here's your lousy sack of, you know, earnings. And it's just, sort of, just seeing this all get yeah. set in motion and, and the stakes for everyone. Then we get to see Lydia again. Lydia comes back around. That's right. She's She um she helps Mike launder some money. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, we're starting to build that circle. I just, I, it's probably not reasonable. I don't know that we're going to get to see Todd again, but I would love to see Jesse Plemons back on Better Call Saul. It would be so fun. But it's been, you know, I don't know. I just love him so much. We just got, we you just watched Fargo. Yes. With me, we just did a, a show on that. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. To see. I just would love to see him back. I mean, we have all have a wish list, you know. You want to see Jesse? Maybe you want to see yeah, Walter kind of walk Jesse. by, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting to briefly see Walt. I, I don't think we we already know where Walt goes. Yeah, we do, but it would so. just be like, what what what's that cameo going to be, and when are they going to do it? Yeah. And also, where is Kim in the future? You and I talk about this See? all the time. Because okay, so he's in Omaha. Um, he's working at. He's the manager of the Cinnabon. We had this terrific scene from last season where he gets locked out, and it's kind of this black and white kind of, you know, almost French film kind of treatment of a man isolated. And then in this, um, I think I don't know if it's the pilot, but this season we see him at work and he passes he out. He collapses. So, are we going to have a scene in season four where Kim, you know, under another an, another assumed name, comes to pick him up, yeah. or is he living in this new world all by himself? That's what I kind of think because I'm not seeing. I just don't see how he was able to bring her along. We never see him at home though in, in Breaking Bad. He's obvious, and you said he sleeps at the office, but I'm not convinced that that's not just where he sleeps to keep people from following him home. I'm just I want to believe that Kim is somewhere still in his universe when I would, this I, is over. I would like I I would like to I would like that to happen, but I have a I have a, a strong feeling that's not the case. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's because Rhea she gets, Seahorn is she gets so awesome. Somehow. I really don't want to see her go. I really love her so much. She adds a lot of all these characters add a lot to um to this show. And speaking of, you got Michael McKeon as as Chuck, whose his mental illness is is really deepening, as Jimmy's uh, storyline and, and trajectory toward Saul is also happening, and you're seeing how Chuck is part of making Jimmy yeah. Saul. 
Because he doesn't, he doesn't want him practicing law. He's just offended that he's practicing law at all. And he's doing everything he can to ruin that. And then Jimmy, who genuinely is a caring human being. Yeah, after all the shit he's taken, he always goes back to to check on Chuck, see yeah, how he's doing. To see if he's okay. Even if he, you know... Is has, the cause of his... Has, is the cause and has probably another scam up his sleeve. Sure. But his kind of philosophy, we got to see a little bit more of Jimmy's philosophy of, like, why he's a con man. And I loved this, um, this description and depiction of it of, you know... Because he said, my parents had no business running the store because they just got taken advantage of all the time. And so he learned. I mean, we see glimpses of this in other seasons as well. Like, you have to be, you kind of have to be a bit of a con artist yourself to get by in this world. And what is a lawyer anyway than a con artist? It's just that Chuck Chuck just does it in a more expensive uh, suit. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's really Jimmy doesn't see it as any different, whereas Chuck holds himself high and mighty and likes to quote, you know, from great books and thinks of himself uh, as a lot better person. When Jimmy's kind of like humbly going, "No, we're not really any different." And in the end, I'm fighting for the little guy. Yeah, he's doing elder law. Yeah, and you're fighting for big corporations and getting them off the hook. So mm-hmm. ultimately, Jimmy is he's he starts out being. A better dude than Chuck, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you know, I really Chuck's character. I just made my skin crawl. Yeah, <clears throat> Michael McKeon does a really great just, job with that character. He was just terrible, and also, um, him and um, Howard. Oh yeah, you know, both of those guys, the way they played off each other, they I just I wanted bad things to happen. <laughs> To yeah. both of them yeah. all the time. Well, they're both smarmy and, and, and arrogant in their own way. But I love the actor who plays um, Howard. And again, the actor said... Patrick Fabian. Yeah, Patrick said on uh, Talking with Chris Hardwick, he's like, I'm not, I don't see myself as a bad guy. I'm just trying to run a business. And these two yeah. brothers are coming in here just, you know, fucking my shit up all the time. And then this upstart lawyer's leaving. You know, I, I paid our way through school, and you guys are all assholes. I mean, I'm thinking about the business. Yeah. And ultimately, he it, is thinking about yeah, the business. Yeah, it, it ultimately, it comes around to that, you know, once once uh, Chuck is forced out of the firm. Yeah, he's paying him out of his own pocket. He, he, you see what his you see what um, his, his motivation is. Do we it's, think that, is Chuck dead? Oh, Chuck's dead. You think Chuck's dead? Yeah, he's dead. But like what what they said on talking is like they're gonna have flashbacks, so we'll see him. But yeah, we'll see him in some. I form think or he's another. dead. I mean, because he that that house just yeah. There's well, n- there's no way this... he actually just turned it into a huge wick, didn't he? Like t- pulling all of the shit out of the walls. Yeah. So yeah, he just created his own. He like, crashed hard. Yeah, he, he crashed did. really hard. And I like the way they took him out. What a way for the guy to go. Because as he descends into madness, because he's pretending like his igno- his uh, illness is, you know, gone into remission, if you will. His mental illness is, is handled, and he doesn't have this electricity thing, and he's just pretending for everyone. And when ultimately he can't go back to his uh, work in the law, I think he's done. Yeah. And then that, 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 that you know, that final scene... Not not went before he pulls the lantern off, but 
as he's, well, he's kicking it at the table. Yeah, he's kicking. That yeah, was he's just kicking the table. Weird. But when the when the elect, electrical meter is going and uh, he's looking for why is it you know he's calling and then he finally just takes a bat and just hits the thing off the wall. This is what the show does well for me, and this is what I love about it. Like we talk about shows that um, I mean, if you're watching Twin Peaks and you have those awkward, crazy long pauses, that I mean, that's Lynch. You just gotta have to you have to roll with it. I mean, they're getting on my fucking nerves a little bit, and I love Lynch. But like, well, but he didn't do that in the original, so I don't know why he's doing that. Yeah, now. I don't know either. It doesn't make he any has sense. time. He has Showtime money. He's like everybody, fuck off. I'm David Lynch, but but in but pacing becomes a thing in a lot of shows. Pacing can it can kill your show. Mm-hmm. We're seeing in Walking Dead how you know they're taking five thousand paces to tell a joke, to tell a punchline, to kill a character, and you're like, oh fuck. On this show, they're the masters of pacing, and that taking that. That water, that uh, power meter uh, sequence, for example, and taking the time to show madness. There's no lines. There's just an actor doing work, doing business, and taking us down this crazy rabbit hole of his mind. Same thing with Mike. When he's dismantling the car to try to find the tracking device. When he's looking for the tracker, yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes of this season of him just patiently taking that part. Or when he's digging, he, he sets out that grid, yeah. grid and he's just digging he, with the... Um, to find the body, because yeah. he knows he wants the to... The, the, the metal detector. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's to, and again, further set up the Salamancas, you know, you sort of see this, this trap widening, um, and how we finally get to see how Mike makes deals with, you know, Gus as well. But, the, but just the, those scenes where Gould and uh, Vince Gilligan will just, they're going to take that time. To, to time-lapse through something, and I love it. I don't need a bunch of talky-talky exposition craziness. Yeah, yeah. There's, nothing, there's, there's, no, there's no wasted scenes. Like when, no. when we were talking, we're, I'm not jumping track here, but we were talking about the last episode, uh, uh, season of Fargo where there were, they opened up all these different storylines that were completely unnecessary. Yeah. But they're not doing that here. They're, it's, no. it's really a, a very tight story. Everything ends up going somewhere. Now, I know that Gilligan has actually introduced things. He did this with um, Breaking Bad. He introduces like a weapon, this crazy weapon that Walter gets in the back of like his truck. And he, he just throws it in there. And he goes, oh, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? And I think it's uh, Jennifer Hutchinson, who's one of the producers um, on Better Call Saul, exec producers. I think it's, it might have been her solution of she kind of – had this mind stroke of how oh, we're going to, we're going to make this, we're going to showcase it in the big finale scene where he where, mounts yeah. it in the back of the car. So I think they may set things up, but they always tend to use what they've set up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like that, that they may not go in, they're not going in predictable places, but they're, they're showing you this for a reason. So pay attention. You can't really get up and go get something to eat in the middle of watching Better Call Saul because you'll come back later and go, wait a minute. That's connected to the thing, connected to the thing, connected to that thing. Like um, how he screws over. He kind of takes advantage of the older lady because he can't practice law and because he has to pay for these television ads. Um, he, and he's now a, a, the, a brand new version, a, a Saul Goodman type character selling television ads that he can't use because he can't practice law for a year mm-hmm. that that being strapped for catch situation causes him to take advantage of one of his uh, ladies his older ladies i mean he's not necessarily breaking the law he's just kind of not being necessary kosher 
and he gets his money because he needs money. It's 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 the uh, the slip and Jimmy, the slip and Jimmy, you know, practicing law. But yeah. then ultimately, he sees that the old lady is being um, ostracized by his her friends, and he can't take it. And so he ends up making himself a villain. He falls on the sword in that one. He does. And now no elder within, like, what did he say? You know, the tri-state area will touch yeah, him. Well, so he... now he has to practice. So when he comes out of this year, who is he going to practice law with? Okay, two connections. He's connected to Mike because the park attendant connection from the courthouse. He's also connected now to uh, at least a few shady characters because he was on his parole. I mean, his uh, oh, community right. service. Yeah. And we see him represent his first client, really, in a way. The guy gives him, like, what, $700? Yeah. And then he gets him out of uh, cleaning the the highway that day because he knows the law and he threatens the foreman. So you see at the beginning of, okay, this is going to be his client. So seeing it, the way they're just, they're taking their time, they're building their stories, they're letting it play out, and I, I love it. I just love what they've done. With season three. They're just stronger and stronger every season. Yeah. This is it, it this is really a, a solid a solid um series. It really is. I mean you know. it it's like the Americans for me. Although I have to say, Americans last season, kind of a weak season for me. Good shit happened, but overall but the yeah, this season three is awesome. I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about in season three, except for I just can't wait to see what they do with all these characters in season four. I kind of want to, I want to, you know, just spot watch uh, Breaking Bad before yeah. the, the next season comes, comes up. I, I'm with I just want to see, I want to, I want to, you know, get, get a little bit of reference going. Cause we're going to get, I mean, he's not going to, they're not going to take, the, we're already in season three going into season four. It's not going to be a lot more seasons left. No. So I just kind of want to get, you know, all my knowledge base tightened up so I can I can follow the 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 lines. Well, it's like you said, you know, I don't remember Nacho. Yeah. So. Um, and I didn't even remember Francesca was there until the other day. You texted me, and I was at work. And he's like, and I didn't notice it until I was like again reading like some behind the scenes stuff about it, and like that's Francesca. Oh yeah. Yeah they they broke Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to uh, American Gods. So American Gods, um, you and I read the book Riding Up the Coast of Figures back. I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan. We were like, let's listen to something in the car. And I think um, we had listened to um, Anansi. Did we do Anansi Brothers? Or yeah. Did we... I think Anansi we did. Sons. What is it, Anansi? Is it Anansi? It's like totally escaping my mind. Yeah. But it was the book about Anansi. Yeah. Mr. Nancy. Um, Mr. Nancy. And so, we, no, we listened to that one first, for yeah. sure. And you were like, let's listen to another Neil Gaiman book. I love his stuff, because that, that was your first exposure to Gaiman. Yep. And so then we, I said, well, I think you might like American Gods, because, you know, Mr. Nancy, you like that kind of thing. And so we listened to the 10-year anniversary of American Gods, and it was the full cast, and it was just awesome. It was just really awesome. And then we hear... Oh, they're turning this thing into a television show yeah. on stars. And we're like, oh, that could be so good. Or it could be so the dark tower that they're doing with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Why are you doing that? Anyway, so um, this was, I was very excited. And then I started seeing the cast, Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday. Uh, and then all these new faces as Bill Quiss. And, and I'm like, Orlando Jones, what? But I have to say, 
they've done a hell yeah. of a job with American Gods, at least season one, to set up all that goes on. Does, does it open up with that? It it opens up with um, Mr. Nancy, right? It, it opens up. The, the, the series pretty much starts the same way as the book, where um, Shadow is in prison. Oh, that's right. That's right. One of the episodes opens up with Mr. Nancy. Mr. Nancy was slipped in there early yeah. on. I loved that. He that was in was, the pilot. Yeah. That is probably one of my favorite speeches in the entire series. Is Orlando John Jones as Mr. Nancy is I mean just he's fucking awesome. He is. And he's anger really gets good. shit done and yeah. that whole speech <clears throat> is just we should pop it in right here. This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. Angry is good. Angry gets shit done. Okay, and there you go. So that's an amazing speech, right? That whole thing just sends chills down my back, you know. Um, and then surprisingly in the series, I mean, I I was I got had to get used to Ricky Whittle. Nothing wrong with Ricky Whittle, but I had that guy's voice in my head. Yeah. From the book, yeah. So I wanted that that to be, you know, I wanted the, his voice to match the guy in the book. He had the look. He had the look. He looked like a shadow to me. But it didn't take. It took. It took really. It took me. I don't know about you. It took me the first episode, and then I was in. Yeah, I was in. By the end of episode the end one, of the I forgot all about the, in. Yeah, the yeah. Boy. and Ricky Whittle is just really amazing. I mean, and then um, Emily uh, Browning is that her name, who plays um, Laura. She, I was like, oh, this bitch, you know, she's so terrible. And then I was remembering, you know, she cheats on the wonderful shadow. And, like, who cheats on Ricky Whittle with Dane Cook? I'm just saying. Just just, just saying. I'm having a hard time buying this one. Who would fuck Dane Cook on purpose at all? Sorry, Dane, but, like, pfft. And then, you know, overshadow. Anyway, um, bitch, got, bitch got lonely. And then she was kind of dark and twisted, and she doesn't, you know, I was like, why is this bitch so unlikable? I truly fucking hate Laura. And she's going out to her hot tub and she's, you know, breathing in like uh, raid. She's got a death wish. She's dark as fuck. And I'm like, I don't really, I'm like, okay, I know you're going to take me somewhere with this character. And I don't remember that exposition in the book, no, right? No, I don't. I don't recall uh, her character being as, as wide as, as, Unlikable in the book, yeah. She was just sort of like on the background. She was, yeah, she was in the background. She would she show up, damsel. she would appear, and yeah. then she would, you know, but it was always about the quest. The quest, right. And that's because we had a big quest to go on, and we're going to get there, but I was like, wow, you're really crossing the street to make us not like Lara. And then she, you know, obviously comes back from the dead when uh, Shadow flips the coin into the grave that he gets from uh, Mad Sweeney, by the way. Pablo Shriver is fucking awesome as Mad Sweeney. Yeah, he is. Porn stash. Go from porn stash to this. Oh, my God. He's so good as Mad Sweeney from and frame one. Even on, you know, America, uh, not America, uh, Orange is the New Black, that one scene he had, he had his. He was Mad Sweeney. His, his Sweeney uh Without the die, but yeah. And, the, and he had the mullet because Mad Sweeney sort of has a mullet. But so, so back to the point. So we think Laura, fuck her. Then we have this this episode where we see how Mad Sweeney comes to America and who brought him. 
and it's Lara's ancestor. Yeah. You know, who believed in the fairies and believed in all of the old tales and and stayed and kept true to her her god throughout her entire life up until the point that he gives her, you know, a good death. And so Mad Sweeney, you know, he he's drawn to her. Mm-hmm. First she has his quarter, you know, his lucky coin. And it, this is uh, as it should be, and he keeps calling her dead wife. And they they seem to understand each other. And then we see that this is where Lara came from. She, you know, basically tells death to fuck off. She's so hardcore. Um, And she's going to do right. Eventually, she's going to get around to doing right. And she's going to do right by Shadow because she's done him so wrong. And Mad has no choice but to string along with her because, you know, he brought her to America. And she brought him to America, right? And it it seems as if Mr. Wednesday And those scenes were great, by the way. The two of them together. In the the van, in the ice cream van? Just just the scenes of Matt Sweeney and and Laura. They they really, those two actors... They worked together. I loved that whole deal. And then the Jen guy, you are a horrible creature. <laughs> it was just, I loved seeing them together. Um, I could have watched, all, and hopefully we'll see more of that. I could watch an entire series on that. But you were saying, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Oh, um, I totally forgot what I was going to oh, say. Oh, man. I totally mind cock blocked you. That's all right. Thought, I thought blocked you. I thought cock blocked you. But there's still a lot to talk about. So we're on our way to this. Like, we, we don't like her. Now she makes sense. Now we're kind of getting somewhere. Yeah. And you see that we're getting glimpses of characters. We're spending a few minutes with Mr. World. We're spending a few minutes with Media. We're spending a few minutes with Technical Boy. Uh, we've, we've had a couple of glimpses of Mr. Nancy. Um, we run it, And then we end up at Easter's house for a big, you know, gathering of bunnies whispering. But the biggest reveal, I think, is we find out that Mad Sweeney is hired by Odin to kill Lara. Yeah. So that she, uh, Shadow won't be distracted uh, by his love for her. But it seems, though, that like this is what I was going to say was uh, Mr. Wednesday has this whole plan that he 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 wants to put into um, effect, but it almost seems that. Somehow it's going to get, with Laura being there, there's going to be a wrench in the plan. I think that's, that, and they certainly set it up to be so. In the, you know, in and the, and the Shadow's the one who started that almost counter plan when he dropped the, the lucky coin into the grave. Exactly. So, you know, best laid plans of mice and men, and in this case, gods. Yeah. Um, you know, and but who's to say, if, if you know what a trickster Odin is, um, he probably sees all this from the long view anyway. He's, yeah, he probably, yeah. But we're going to end up, Damn you know. Damn you, Odin. <laughs> right. Because we're going to, you know, we're going to have the sisters, and we're going to have Chernabod, and we're going to have. Those were great scenes, too. Oh, my God. Chernabod, just in the first several episodes. Yeah, your buddy, Peter Stormare. <sighs> my buddy. <laughs> well, you worked on one film with him. I mean, you know, he's a nice guy, you said. He was. So, but uh, seeing him as Chernabod, I'm like, oh, that's excellent casting. Cloris Leachman. Uh, as one of the sisters, excellent casting. No, I think the casting top to bottom. I think on the, is yeah. one of those where it's like they nailed it. Yeah, they just fucking nailed it. And um, Julian Anderson. Oh yeah, as media, I loved her. She's just she's just off the chain. And Crispin Glover, strange, odd, 
Hard to cast Crispin Glover. This shit was made for him. He is wonderful as Mr. World. And I like the newcomer who's playing um, um, Technical Boy. I don't know his name. He's awesome. Bruce Langley. Yeah, Bruce Langley. And then Bill Quist. Who's playing Bill Quist? I love Bill Quist. Uh, it's hard to say her name. Yeah, it is. It's, well, let's uh, give it a try. Yatai Badaki. Yeah. Well, let's hopefully we didn't butcher her name. But she's. I want to see more of her. She's freaking delightful. So the casting is good. The stories are good. I think they're looking at two to three seasons, it feels like, because the book is pretty dense, and there's a lot going on. And the book was written, uh, Gaiman was traveling all over the United States, you know, writing this book. And there's a lot of gathering and byways and highways and a lot of recruiting going on. So we're, we're going to end up in a big war, but I don't think they're going to get that all done in season two. I think they're going to take a few seasons. We're going to have yeah. some side trips. We're on a big, long languid, languid, uh, as well as fiery road trip. I'd like to see this go maybe three seasons, three, four seasons, maybe. They've done it for pushing it. Yeah. But, you know, like when I went to Comic-Con last year, I saw that they had a whole, I didn't get to go see it. I had to quickly walk by it. Yeah. They had a whole setup. It'll be bigger this year. Yeah. Because they didn't know. It was just, there was a lot of, uh, it was like when you see a lot of series that have fandoms behind the books, like the Outlander series was this way. You have the diehard fans who show up to go, what the fuck is this going to be? And then you have your first season down, and then it's just the feeding frenzy. So you get the the diehard fans who are probably annoyed by being infiltrated by this television fandom. That that happens sometimes. Or you have like, oh my God, they made this into such a great TV show and everyone's happy. Have you heard any, any, anything bad said about American Girls? I really haven't. Um, I haven't. And I'm kind of all over the place yeah. listening to the, my ear to the ground, the digital ground. It seems to be, it seems to be hitting a lot of, uh, rungs with people people are like yeah well i mean and in the same respects i don't like the the people i, I work with i don't hear a lot of people even talking about it yeah i mean it, it, so it, it, it's so, it's say, like this hidden thing that well it's only, on fucking stars well i mean yeah honestly who watches <laughs> stars i mean like, and look how hard they make it for you to get stars it's yeah. like you have to we have we pay extra we for have, it yeah we pay an extra it's not part of our package where you get what would you get like showtime hbo or whatever yeah, you get all the premiums and you pay for that in you a have section to get stars then added stars on. has to be like this diva bitch over here in the corner and i'm like bitch nobody watches y'all show you have outlander on but i can, i suspect that people like come and go on that show like they jump in maybe they get a subscription they watch that you know months worth of whatever shows and drop it and then drop it and that's what i was going to do and then american gods is coming up and i'm like well i'll stick around I literally don't know what else is on Stars. Sorry, guys. But if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, brought to you by Stars. Brought to you by Stars. We will t- we'll get we will get everyone get that we can to watch every show on your cable network. At least five people. That's more than some of those shows have. If you'll just sponsor Stars, our podcast, we care. Stars, we're the only ones watching. Let's get our friends to watch with us too. <laughs> no, I mean I'm sure it's doing uh, great for their numbers because. Maybe well, maybe Outlander, your co- maybe your coworkers maybe the guys that you're crewing out there where they're not watching this show but there's tons of people watching this show and talking about it. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the people that I mean, not a lot of them, but a, a good majority of 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 the the different crew guys that I work with watch a lot of shit. 
So I, I they're hear, on it. I hear them talking about And they're just not bringing this watch. up. Yeah. Well, maybe they're getting around to it because it just now wrapped, you know, what, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So, and you know, not I don't know how people will do. We pay for the shit we watch. I, I do not pirate things. I don't have that kind of. It's not that I'm better than y'all who pirate. I just don't have good luck. That's why I follow laws. My luck is kind of like so shitty that if I even thought about breaking a law, they would just put me under the jail. And like the one time I pirated a movie like years ago. You got a cease and desist. Yeah. And it was over funny people for fuck's sake. It was the Adam Sandler funny people no. that not was not funny. Or, you know, it was okay. I didn't hate it. But I, like, I didn't want to go to jail for it. Like, I'm not going to fucking jail for Adam Sandler and this movie. How embarrassing. So, but we watch our stuff. I, don't, I think a lot of the young younglings and the outlaws out there are snagging it, though. So. On Torrent or whatever they get. Wherever yeah. the thing is. I don't know what the I things are even called. I knew what I was on at the time. I was Napster. In, I was on, like, Pirate's Bay. Bay or whatever it oh. was back when I did it. I think they're no more, but... um. So I don't know. I don't even want to go there. There's just also with our NSA and shit all up your colon. I don't mm -mm. I already know what I eat for breakfast. I already know what I think. Um, but like, I'm sure people come to it. Like people tend to snag things as they go. Um, or that, that you know, you, you log into your aunt's account and watch it. And somebody leaks it in chunks on YouTube and gets into a fight with stars or whatever. I don't know what goes down, but people are consuming it. Um, other things I want to talk about. D just uh, I like the way the show looks. It's very slick. I like it, and it plays into the, it plays into what the the story. It, it, yeah, it looks slick because it is slick. I like the, I like the way it looks. Yeah, I like the 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 whole the design of it, the way it's shot. I love the the lighting. The gaffers just knocking it out of the park. And then those cutaway stories of like, you know, like when they bring the the. The mammoth skull over and that oh, whole yeah. thing, that whole opening. That claymation piece. Yeah. That was really, was it, and well, I'm sure it's animation, but yeah, that was really, they're using that. And then I love the narration. And again, well, they tell you in writing school, you know, narration will just kill your story. Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, we got Mr. Robot. <laughs> we got American Gods. We got, you know, so many shows who do it. So trust me, narration is awesome. Now, and who's, telling, appreciate this, it who's telling the story? Is it um, um, this Ibis? Is, this is Ibis, I think. I want to say this is Ibis. Not the Deathbringer guy with the feather. Okay. Is that Ibis? That, I think that... I'm getting him confused with... Because they, they both have the funeral parlor. Yeah. Those two, yeah. And let's get their names right because I know it's the man with the glasses. Well, Mr. Ibis is, is Denmore Barnes. Okay, so... I'm sorry, Demore. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Demore Barnes. And um, Anubis is Chris Obi. Okay, so Chris Obi is, he's the death bringer and the feather yeah. guy and the Egyptian god dude. That and... that scene with, with, the, <sighs> with the lady and then, you know, she's cooking the stew. My favorite. Oh, that was cool. That's one of the scenes that stands out for me, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just, and again, she's not even a main cast character. Just the, that interchange between the two of them. I knew, okay, we are going to be watching something that Gaiman is going to love because we are we are telling the shit out of the story. And you have the cat and the weighing of the heart against the feather mm -hmm. and she leaves the choice to him of which door she should go through of the three doors and she's like, which one can doesn't contain my father because her father was so terrible to her. And then, of course, we're contrasting that scene against when Laura is sitting yeah. there before Anubis to be judged. 
And, and then she just, whoosh. yeah, she just goes, fuck you, and gets sucked out of there. So we are hearing, uh, what's the character's name again? You just said it. For who? For Demore. Who does Demore play? Uh, he's Mr. Ibis. So Mr. Ibis is our storyteller, and I love his voice. He reminds me of the book narrator guy, which, by the way, I crawled around the internet and could not find that guy's name. Oh, really? I'm thinking, okay, I should just look it up on Amazon because I know it's got to be on there somewhere, but you know how it's like sitting here waiting for somebody to look up something on Amazon, and we don't have uh, two people to talk amongst themselves. But uh, we liked him so much. I was like, that guy's voice sounds very much like the narrator. Um, so we've got American Gods, what, Audible? Audiobook, Audiobook. That's what it's called. And will they <clears throat> give us the cast on that? Normally they would, right? Usually they do. But what other scenes did uh, – what other things ab- about the show did you uh... – Let's see. There's um, – I, I like I like how they're they're explaining some things that weren't in the book. Just like the whole – like we we said earlier, how how Mr. Wednesday orchestrated Laura's death, you know, and then um, when they're in that accident and it's the episode where we, we learn of um, Mad Sweeney's uh, – how he comes to the United States, but you know they get in that accident. She she gets thrown out of the the car, right? You know her chest is open up again. She loses her coin, and he's like, he can just go and pick up that coin, but he's like, he could have got away. Ah, oh, fuck! I'm tied to you. Damn yeah. the gods. Yeah. You know that that kind of there's this like, is, is he's not he is he a god? Yeah, Matt Sweeney's because he says to her, first I was a king. Then I became a bird, and then the church um, made us. Is it the church made him a bird, or the, the church made him fairies and yeah, and leprechauns and leprechauns. Oh, and that fight, and then, that and fight then, scene. And then uh, what does he say? And then General Mills did the rest. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But when we first meet him in that fight scene with uh, Shadow and the alligator bar. Yeah. Uh, so the narrator is George uh, Giddall or Giddall. Um. So that's who we're. You know. We're missing. We'd like to, you know, that's the voice. So that's not Demore. So he's got an awesome voice. Just found that. All this time, I'm searching around. I'm like, I should just look up the credits. I think when I when I drive down to Comic-Con this year, I'm going to listen to that again. You should. You know, the audiobook is free. Um, you can get the audiobook for free. We already have it, but you can also just download it on your device as well. So just so you know. Mm. So if you haven't ever listened to American Gods, um, I think that might be free for Prime members. You should check that. But right now I just looked it up and I saw that the audiobook is free. And even if you need to pay for it, just pay a few bucks. Put it in it's worth Neil's it. pockets. He's a good dude. I don't mind giving him money. I don't know what his cut is, but he's just a good man. I like him a lot. Um, I like how they set up. I knew season one was going to be a setup because we have a big war coming. I liked the setup. I wasn't frustrated by the setup. There were no moments where I was like, why am I seeing this? Um, I liked the action scenes. Yeah. I liked the pacing. Again, pacing, yes. I like the scripts. The scripts are very tight. The writing is tight. Um, And Ian McShane is... Just phenomenal. You really can't go with, wrong with, with no. putting Ian with Shane in anything. Like they had him in the, uh, you know, he came to America really in my mind with Deadwood, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because you know he's an older guy. I'm like, he's got to be like some gym over in Britain. And sure enough, like he's their he's their guy over there. 
And so since Deadwood, we've been, you know, we've got him. Um, and also like the characters, I mean, the, the, that I want to see some more, like, um, I don't know the guy, Dane Cook's character's name. He was the friend that uh, Laura bit off as uh, Johnson in the car. His wife that we just recently saw in something as well. Is it, um, is, is his wife Audrey? I think so. Betty Gilpin? Yeah. And what is Betty? We just watched something with Betty in it. Yeah. I mean, um, was it the other day? I can see her face. Yeah. Like, we literally watched this within it was, the last uh, 48 It was Glow. Hours. Glow! Yeah. Which you guys should watch if you have Netflix and you just want to, like, have a good time watching something, but uh, not take it too seriously. Glow's okay. It's all right. What were you calling a little bit on the nose? Oh, we won't do a podcast to it, but something else you were saying. Like, I felt Glow was a little on the nose in a way. Like, it was like, oh, if you go in, like, expecting nothing, Glow is fun. If you are easily offended by jokes about racism and backward jokes about racism, it's probably not the movie for you, the show for you, the series for you, but that's on Netflix. But the other one we said, you said it was on the nose, is I'm Dying Up Here on HBO, exec produced by Jim Carrey. We're watching it now. Well, I'll probably finish it, but it's a little on the nose. That's exactly what you said about it. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, they're trying to tell people. This is what's funny. What well, well, what the what what it means to be a comic, and either you know it or you don't. Yeah, I think it's hard but to it's, do. It's like it feels very much like what they tried to do with vinyl, like trying to tell someone, you know, how uh, give an insider's view into something like that. That is so, it's specific. It's also unique to you. And making generalizations or even depictions of it is very tricky. And I think that's what killed vinyl. And I don't know that it's working for me. It feels also just feels very much like, um, what was the Cameron Crow? It lasted one season too. Roadies? That was on Showtime. Yeah, it, 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 it has that, a feeling of like all of those. Yeah. Here's an inside yeah. view. And I'm like, yeah. I, you know, because I used to write uh, for comedians back in these shitty comedy clubs and they're – one thing they're not capturing is that it's just shitty, depressing. Um, you know who captures it? You know who's actually capturing what it's like to be a comedian? It's cap- a Crashing, a show you haven't seen yet, with Pete Holmes. It's on HBO. Crashing is just like this very specific story of one comedian's journey and how comedy clubs are just shitholes. And yeah, you're going up late and whatever, but it's just, it's all of the little funny, funny jokes. It's hard to be funny about comedy. And I don't know that they're nailing it on that show. So, I mean, I'm going to uh, finish yeah. watching it, but, and there's some really good lines. There's some good lines. There's some good scenes. But I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some good acting. There's some good acting. But it's then not like bad watching acting. American Gods. Yeah, so when you're watching, when you're coming off of American Gods, when you're coming off of, you know, uh, Better Call Saul, Saul, it's kind of hard to turn around and go, Glow is, and you really, we really shouldn't be comparing them. I mean, there's something, sometimes, you know, I want sushi, sometimes I want a pimento cheese sandwich, and can't even find pimento cheese up in here, you know, I have it. Um, You know, I just, I don't want every meal to be like a tomahawk steak and, you know, palm frites. I want, you know, sometimes a boiled egg is fine. It hits the spot just fine. You know, or a Yoplait. Yoplait, please sponsor our podcast. It's Brought delicious. to you by Yoplait. <laughs> Peel and eat. 
<laughs> I'm just going to draw our own sponsor to us. We just we should just make up <laughs> sponsors. People do. People do that. I just want to I want to like uh, get a, like a liquor company to fall in love with us because you know I just want to get free liquor because that's fine for me. The way we drink, that's actually just as good as money, right? Just getting like free like. Yeah. Gin. Hendrix Gin. The best gin on the planet. Which, by the way, Hendrix Gin is the best gin on the planet. If we got them to sponsor us, you know, I'm good. I'll probably be dead within three years, but, you know. Yeah, Hendrix is so fucking expensive. It's so fucking expensive, but it's so fucking delicious. Yeah, that's uh, that's a gin that I'll I'll drink. Because I don't... don't Well, it's for people who don't drink gin. gin. Like, if you don't even... If you're a gin connoisseur, it's an awesome gin. If you don't like gin... Drink Hendrix. It, it's not to get around, you know, like not to prove anything. It's actually just really tasty it's, yeah, and good. It's, it's good. It's freaking delicious it's by itself. Yeah. So I could promote them all day or any of the uh, the cheaper liquors of Trader Joe's. I could definitely do a commercial for blended scotch. I could do, you know, whatever you guys want. We'll do it. Just, yeah. And I can get people to drink it too. I'll, I'll bring recipes. I'll just, I'm telling you. That's that's the kind of sponsor. Although I will do stamps.com and uh, all the other ones. Okay, and of course you and I said we would yeah. love to do a loot crate. <laughs> Give oh, me a loot crate. See, all day loot long. crate would be because cool. we used it. We, I mean, yeah. I got loot crate because I heard it on Nerdist all the time, and we got it, and now we miss it. We got a yeah. little bit too broke for it, but it's so good. It's just good shit. I love that. So hit us up, loot crate. It's always exciting to see that box in the front. You're like, what it's like Christmas. Did we get? Yes, and you get the T-shirt. You get little tchotchkes and weird, fun, awesome, iconic things. Yeah, it's gonna suck. We're probably there's probably some cool Game of Thrones stuff going on right now. Yeah, summertime. There's probably some it, American you know. God stuff. Oh, we missed out on it. So those are two things: liquor and loot crate. <laughs> That's where we need to go. <laughs> Come on, but well, I guess we need to do a, for a few more of these. This is, in fact, um, I know you don't want to say this, but this is the third incarnation of a podcast. We've done two other podcasts before we did. It's been emotional. Um, we never really put that on iTunes. And then we did The Bad Kind of Puppy, which was really fun. But we just decided to boil it down to just you and I and, and not go in a different direction, but just this is our thing, this thing of ours, right? This is mine's. So probably this is our 50th, I would say, podcast. It just, to you, it feels like, oh, they've only done five. They suck. <laughs> hey, look, it took 50 podcasts to, to get suck here. this Dude, month. Imagine it's, the it's, first one. It suck. <laughs> I think the first handful weren't, they were a little rough. Well, I mean, I think, it, I mean. I used to interrupt too much. Yeah, but you had, you had more talkie-talkie people on it. Maybe. I think we were all vying for, like, audio space. No, there's just so much space. It's <laughs> just like. Come on. There's so much space. <laughs> You're on the podcast. <laughs> we will now, this segment, be reading fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is much more fun. And then, well, you know, we've kind of gotten our pacing down. I mean, there's some off times when it's like, why are we do it tired? Yeah. Or we're not into it. Well, it's hard to do something. It's hard to talk about something and be excited about something, you know, shows or whatever if you're not excited about it well and i think that's kind of the rule that i think we've unofficially made is that we're not going to talk about something that we're not into like i'm not going to sit down and do 45 minutes on glow not because i hated glow but i can i just just told you what i thought about glow it's cool you should watch it it's really fun check it out i don't i couldn't and we're not going to do you know uh, a 
episode by episode of The Walking Dead again. I mean, I you know, I say that now, unless they come back with some just like, you know, brand unless new. It's really good. I love The Walking Dead. Do not get me wrong. Do not start hating on this show because we said some negative shit about your baby, The Walking Dead. I've been there since frame one, y'all. Yeah. I've been there watching Andy Lincoln learn how to do a southern accent. I went from fucking hating him to now I will beat a bitch in the head if they come after my dude. But that shit has been slow paced and we know the Glenn fake death and ultimate death probably not handled very well. A couple of other things, but taking a thousand years to tell a punchline, we'll probably just do it in one show. Yeah. Or we might just do like the first chunk, a show, mid season finale, a second and chunk. Then, yeah. yeah. Something like that. But see, I mean this is the thing. That's the differences between, you know, the shows that like again, American Gods or Better Call Saul. Yeah. I mean, these these are I mean, this is this is how we. This is our our structure. This is yeah. I you guess know, so. Our, we'll our, see. It's going along, know. but it's like I'm watching Lucifer. Up some uh, some of my friends, you know, out there in the world, I'm like Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer. And I watched the pilot. I watched the first four episodes, and I'm like, it's just it's not my thing because it feels very networky. It's very formulaic in its own way. Now, I'm not saying it's not a hell of a lot of fun. Like when you're just hanging out, like just trying to get some stuff done, and it's kind of on in the background. Tom Ellis is wonderful. He's just hilarious, and he's, he's just having such a good time as this character. And maybe if I can talk you into watching two seasons of Lucifer, we might do a podcast on it. But I don't see myself getting you to do that. It's just not something. I've I've seen a couple. I mean, like some of the episodes. Yeah. There's a couple of just dropping into the room. But do you know what I like about it though? What I it's the feeling I get. It's just the vibe. It's not the same show. It's not done the same way, but there is such a Veronica Mars vibe about Lucifer. Hmm. It feels, I don't, I think it's the visuals. I think there's just kind of, it's all got that kind of soft landing network show, but it's not brainless. It's got some cleverness put into it. The characters are very well imagined. But you know how Veronica Mars, like the gaffer, just like to glow light the shit out of that. Yeah. I don't know if that's just covering up, like, you only got so much money in the budget, you got to make it all soft. I don't know. Anyway, but it's just like, it's got that feel to it. But yeah, you should always talk about things. I was just listening to um, Chris Hardwick say this on Nerdist. He was just, uh, I was talking to Edgar White because Baby Driver's out. Um, I'm probably going to wait for it to come around where I can see it as part of what I already pay for, but I'm hearing great things about Baby Driver. I love Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, you know, he's he's... Awesome. But I love the conversation they were having. Here I am on a podcast talking about another podcast, but you should be listening to the Nerdist. Chris Hardwick and those guys, they know how to do an interview. They are awesome. But I was talking to Edgar about um, – I totally just lost my train of thought. Oh, I mind-blocked myself. I mind-blocked myself. You're talking about, you know, um, about things that you like. Yeah, oh, they were just saying, like, um, Chris says, I don't want to talk about movies or TV shows that I don't like. And Edgar agreed. He said, I'd just rather not talk about it at all. It's because, you know, Chris was like, I've never made a movie. It looks incredibly hard. People tell you it's incredibly hard. Why would I want to cross the street to shit on that? And and it is very hard. It's a collaborative um, medium you also have so many people riding your back and having to raise the money and then having everybody yeah. fucking weigh in. So you do all of that work. And then to have someone come along and, and just in two seconds in their fucking T-shirt go, it sucks. You know, that's why, you know, critics are getting their heads kicked in these days because the fans are like, who are you to tell me to see Get Out or Not? 
You know, I can either plunk down my 12 to $14 of whatever theater your theater is charging, or I can wait for it to come out, you know, on its part of my streaming. But who are you to tell me this stuff? So I think like when we're doing these podcasts, it's not like, you know, we have kind of shat on The Walking Dead. There's been well, a couple yeah, of things yeah, where we I mean, feel yeah, bad. But, we feel bad. Like, fear The Walking Dead. I want to love it. I know it takes a lot of work to make The Walking Dead and fear The Walking Dead. I know it. We're, we, you work, we work in production. We've worked in production. We know what it means. So to just make a commercial is like a sometimes a seventeen fucking hour day. Oh, I'm look. We we, we but we have we have <laughs> shit shat on the Walking Dead, but it's because we're we we because we love it so much. We want it to be better. Fans. We, we want, want it. To it to be, you know, yeah. we want it to be something. You know uh, that because we like it. Yeah, and you know they killed Glenn. It was pretty brutal. By the way, if I just ruined that for you, I'm sorry that you're behind, but. They they killed his ass last season, um, and we get to see him in a film we'll, we'll talk about here at the end. But uh, yeah, but I but I'm not gonna go away. I didn't like I, there's people who just like they were done after Red Wedding on Game of Thrones. They were done after you know Glenn gets his head bashed in. I'm like I ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. And, I'm gonna watch it. And you know I still I'm still trying to get uh, through Fear the Walking Dead this season. It's hard, y'all. I'm so hard. It's and just, I still they killed you know, a major character like episode three too. I still think I could be. I could be critical about it. I mean, well, yeah, it's just my it's just my opinion. Ultimately, we're paying somebody somewhere some money. Yeah, I don't know if that earns you the right to just like you know be mean and vicious and just cross your arms and shit on things. We'll but see, but we don't do that. We 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 really don't. We don't do that. I don't think we do. No, and we're not we're not writing something somewhere in a, in a publication to make someone else buy it. Hey, look, one day I'll have and a book out there. To hear my there. shitty review of somebody else's yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm that's gonna. Not it. That's the thing is, I'll I'll have a book out there at some point, and the the five people who read it. You know, some, they're going to say shit. And I'm going to have to be like, motherfucker, have you ever tried to re- write a book? Because i got to tell you, I've read a lot of books. And, you know, it was hard to get through, like, some, some, you know, some of these hardcore writers you had to read in college and shit. That was hard to read. But writing a book, it's, it's not, it's tricky. It's hard. It's work. You know, so doing all that and having someone just go out of hand, fucking hated it. It's like, oh, man. So now i got to be. I got to be cooler about, you know, putting somebody's book down and going, yeah. Um, so, again, American Gods. Yes, American Gods. Um, if you if you want to take their free trial, that's one way to do it. But, yeah, I would recommend going to see it. Also, Outlander is coming back soon. I don't have a date on when Outlander is coming back. But I enjoy that series. I like where it's going. So, I don't know. I may hang around on Stars to see Outlander. I like all that stuff. That they're doing with that adapt- adaptation. Oh, and here talk about shitty transition. I could have just spun out of that whole Walking Dead to go to this. So Stephen Yun, or is it Yoon? I don't know how to say his name. I haven't met him. Right. Sorry, Steve. If I ever see you at a cocktail party or at the at the, at the Trader Joe's buying cheap liquor, you know, I'll remind myself to go. How do you say your last name again? Um, we just saw on Netflix, uh, this film called Akjo. Akja, how you say it? Akju, they say it completely different on the in Korean, but it's OKJA, and um, it is directed by Yoon Ho Bong. Um, I know his work well. I, I have enjoyed him throughout the years. He's uh, he's given us what has he given us? <laughs> you might have seen a couple of these with me. The host, one of my favorites. 
um, Love the Host. And yeah, we saw that one. That was uh, he did uh, Snowpiercer. That's why Tilda Swinton kind of reminds me of oh. her character. Yeah, I didn't see Snowpiercer, but you you saw that one. Yeah, I mean it's it's actually pretty good. You might like it. Just late night, just pop it in. It's just this whole. It's on the world. They're on ended. the train. They're right? on the train. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, he's done a couple of my uh, my favorites. So it's gut wrenching, though I have to say. But we get to see Steve. So Steven's in this. Um, people who speak Korean say some of his translations are pretty funny. Because there's kind of that. I mean, he speaks fluent Korean, but I think it's kind of like he's the American speaking the Korean. And um, the visuals are amazing. The story is uh, eye-opening, heartbreaking. I was a mess at the end of it. Um, and the girl who um, I hope Mija is, or something I, like that. She plays Mija. Uh, Seo Hun An. She was just the be all yeah she was all. good i mean and that those all those 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 a lot of stunt work in that i don't there's know if she stunt, did it herself i don't but. think she did i don't think she would be allowed to i mean i don't know where they shot this but yeah it's really good she was um she was she had to have been a child because she's a child she had to have been a baby because uh, she was in the housemaid so the housemaid is dark ass movie from 2010 if you haven't seen that one, Korean films in general, I mean, they just don't. Even their light-hearted fare have like just some dark shit in it. So you have to be in a good place to watch a um, a Korean film, pretty much. So yeah, I'd say check this one out. It's on Netflix right now, playing. Uh, get a tissue, and you get to see Akja and all her glorious rendering, uh, and how far special effects have come. But it's it's really hard. There's a message there. They're not even pulling back. They're they're saying something about factory farming, make no mistake, in corporate America and the douchebags who uh, run uh, corporate America. So all good things. Uh, Better Call Saul. If you haven't seen um, Better Call Saul, catch up. Just, if you sit down from seasons one to three, what a ride. That's, that's just a whole package. And yeah, then, if you can binge watch all three of them, that'd be awesome. And then go right into... Um, but see, that's what AMC is funny. Because after you after season one, you have to go to Hulu, right? You yeah, said they're on Hulu. They put it on Hulu, or I don't know about that. I think FX puts things on Hulu. I think oh. um, AMC's got to deal with Netflix. So maybe so, because I mean, it's hard to even see them on on our spectrum on demand. Yeah, I fucking so. hate that, man. I hate that you can't just with the channel that started it. But you know, they're gonna make their money, I guess. But I'm paying like out the ass for cable. Should I? I should be able to. We watch should be that able wherever. to see it whenever we want to see it. Right, because we're paying for that shit, yo. Just like Game of Thrones, I can go on HBO and I can start Game of Thrones season one yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you guys. Okay, so that was really fun. Uh, we got some other shows that are uh, have wrapped out. We'll be back to tell you about those. Uh, do check out Okja. Um, Catch I up just, on uh, Preacher season one. Preacher season one. That's coming. That's coming. Uh, we're in season two right yeah, now. So catch up on that. You really are enjoying Preacher. Preacher's good. Yeah. Um, we've just been watching a lot of television. And then we can't wait very soon. In literally a handful of days, a little over a handful of days, Game of Motherfucking Thrones will return. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming back. Ah! I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. But we'll have to wait until it comes back. Until then, uh, we will uh, let you go. Take care of yourself out there. 
uh, be good to one another. Uh, any what? What's some practical advice? Drink lots of water. <sighs> Don't get ear infections. Yeah, I've had a nasty ear infection. I have this thing that's been in my ear for like six months. I don't know what it is. So I drink lots of water. Ian's making me ginger tea right now. All right. So take care of yourself, and we will see you guys soon. Okay. Bye.